I feel like elevator companies could save a lot of money on music if they just had like two of their employees who aren't completely tone deaf just do el- just do like beep boops with their mouths for elevator music. Just hire us. Just hire us to do your elevator music. We are we are open for for hiring. We are freelance. Tired this is our podcast about on, freelance on elevator music. Orchestral musicians for your <laughs> elevator music. Just hire Owen. Just get bored podcasters. Buy us lunch. <laughs> <laughs> get some bored podcasters to do your elevator music. Get some bored podcasters. Buy us lunch and a six pack, and we'll 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 turn yeah. out a, an elevator music album in no time. Our turnover rate's about eh, two weeks. Uh, should we <laughs> should, should we remember to actually record? Uh, eh, you know, you not know. important. We'll, we'll, we'll hey, get around to it. But you know what is important? All of you lovely listeners out there who are joining us right now. <gasps> thank you and welcome back to another amazing episode of Pop Cult. Uh, thank you all so much for the response of the first episode. Yeah. You guys are amazing. We're, we're glad that people are actually listening. That that makes us. That makes I us was happy. worried. Yeah, I well, you was I a was Leo. worried. You was a Leo, Sun and Venus conjunct, homie. Like I, yeah, I was worried her glow you was like receding, me. and now her you glow really is like me. back. Oh, people like listening to me. Oh my god, this validates my whole existence, which is totally incumbent upon how many likes and retweets I get from people. <laughs> she, Leos she, are incredibly susceptible. She's exactly the, the subject that social media companies are looking to impact. Like she she is it's their the, um, focus group subject. It is the whole we're the the uh Chiron in Leo generation. So like our tragic wound is is ourselves and like need for self validation and it makes a whole lot of fucking sense. Right. Um <laughs> But yeah, how was your how's your weekend going? My weekend, or gone? My weekend is insane. I just I just moved within Los Angeles, and uh, that literally my entire life is in my living room, um, and on my kitchen Fun. and in everywhere, in, in places that you wouldn't even believe in my apartment. So, um, which is good. I mean, it's 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 a bigger newer place and uh, and all that jazz but uh, it's been stressful doing that with a job and then with the podcast and the glavin and the glavin i can sit here and bitch but it's not interesting so um mm. i will just say i'm tired and then continue to drink <laughs> sounds like a good way to go about life I, I i co-sign this how about yourself um i'm just i'm getting distracted right now because our producer zach who we found when we were hiking in the woods and came across a glen and there was a a a being not quite of light not quite of shadow that emerged from the forest um but he's here with us and he's petting his pet cat who's just so cute which is so interesting because he's like half troll and half turtle and he also shapeshifts between the two fairly frequently and sometimes it seems like he's not quite sure which form he wants to take. So he's kind of both at the same time. So he has like these like four fingered and then turtle clawed troll hands. And the cat seems to enjoy it, which is uh, well, the cat just like flexed its paw as you said that. So that's kind of cool that the cat can like psychically hear and understand your your words. I mean, oh, she's doing it again. Oh, my God. Would Guys, we, magic is real. <laughs> would we be would we be witches if we couldn't speak to cats? 
I don't think so. I mean, she's definitely speaking to me right now. She knows I'm talking about her. Hello. Yeah. I mean, in, in, even to get invited to the human sacrifices, you have to demonstrate your fluency in cat. Yes. Of course, of course. What? How else do you Fun get there? Fun fact. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess we can just, like, dive into this week, this week's topic if we want to. Um, since I see no, I see no segue coming up. I think we should just like hard turn into the meat of this episode. Yeah, let's do it. Making a hard right turn into this week's topic. This week's topic brought to you. So we're talking about the, (laughs) we're not shock jockeys, but we, we could be. We, we could be. Shock, it, it, do, do, you, do you guys want us to be shock jockeys? It, we're, we're totally Please let us know. We sure you will. And intention. It's our self-worth is totally dependent on do you want us to be shock <laughs> jockeys? Do you want us to be NPR listener or NPR radio people? Uh, do you want us to do like a serial-esque podcast about, um, I don't know, finding a missing dolphin stolen from a circus? Let us know in the comments. Uh, yeah. But okay, so speaking of, speaking of uh, dolphins, speaking of... Uh, I don't know. Speaking of speaking of, I think, so we're talking about the most upbeat of topics right now, and that is, uh, the environment. Oh, yeah. what the fuck we're doing to it. Spoiler, not good things. Yeah, uh, very, very (laughs) much not, not, not surprised, not especially great things for the environment. Yeah, um, I guess when we were kind of forming our ideas for like our first few episodes and talking about like what we wanted this podcast to be, I think we were trying to try to figure out a way to kind of combine, you know, politics and pop culture with the occult and with like an occult lens on these things. And the environment and how we're treating it to me is like one of the most salient kind of issues of like kind of illustrative issues of all the potential wins and all of the the failings currently of like the occult and of like the magical world in general and like the world in general to address these issues yeah no, i i totally agree with you and not even like in the uh in the magical world and i i mean obviously magic is literally in everywhere and in everything so there really is nothing mm-hmm. but you know the magical world humans are spirits too because you're blah. everywhere to <laughs> me magic is everywhere <laughs> um but uh, also in the cultural zeitgeist in general, as far as activism goes, um, we're yeah. now seeing we're we're in a. It's so weird to be in a time period where activism sells more than sex. Isn't that interesting? Like, so I think that's I think well, as far and as sexy activism pop culture <laughs> in the occult. Like, yeah, I I can't think of a better topic to talk about than uh, the uh, all the wrongs that we've done to Lady Nature. Yeah, I mean, and it's like so. I mean, like you talk about like politics and stuff. It's like so funny. So like, I'm in, uh, I'm here in New York City, and I'm on the the OC for the Eco Socialist or the Climate Justice Working Group here for DSA, and it's so funny to me because like even within like, and this is not me calling out DSA in any way. Like, I don't want this is not me causing drama. This is just like me saying a thing I've seen. But it's funny to me like even on the left where people like care do care about this stuff. I feel like there is still this, like, fear. There's such a great fear and such a great, like, uh, despair kind of hanging over this issue that sometimes people are like, oh, my God, that's so good that you're doing that. And, like, it's like, okay, but this is 
this is all of our problem. Like this is a big, this is a problem that touches everybody. And like, I just, I just feel like it is such a perfect distillation of like all that capitalism has wrought up until this point. It is like totally like all of the ills of it are kind of playing out on a big, massive scale mm. in the environment. And like, I'm sorry, y'all, if you don't think that the, that the apocalypse is here, you're not living in Puerto Rico or you're not living in, you know, New Orleans. You're not living in these Pacific islands that are like being washed away as we speak right now. It's like, you know, there's the apocalypse is here. It's just not here for you yet. So yeah. like, I think that there is a, you know, there's a sense of urgency that doesn't always come from people when they're looking at this. And it's like, Oh my friend, it's just not reached your door yet for especially, whatever reason especially the uh especially your your racist uncle that watches still watches fox news and uh is mm -hmm. trying to bring back the bill o'reilly show and uh re consistently repost things on facebook that say things like the temperatures like 20 degrees colder where i live in suburban michigan global warming my ass thanks obama share if you agree <laughs> you know what i mean so it's kind of like and it comes from like eagle eagle freedom news.org <laughs> <laughs> eagle freedom is dedicated to the freedom yeah. of eagles since 1996 i wanted to read a quote before kind of diving into this to sort of ground what we're talking about like not just um oh and sorry i should actually go back and say something so when i say i'm in on the oc of a group called dsa when i say oc that means organizing committee so in dsa it's not really like a leadership organization where we try to like let like people lead through democratic means so it's technically a leadership role but like our decisions we don't make all the decisions ourselves it's always put up to like a vote so it's just that we are organizing things not like leading the thing necessarily and then dsa is the democratic socialists of america so that's uh, gotcha i, I thought the those, oc i thought you there's were all cosplaying my the oc the television show that's what i thought was going I, on no, but I um oh I was gonna make a joke about growing up on Cape Cod, but that was Dawson's Creek, not the OC. Uh, that was yeah. supposed to be based on the Cape. Yeah, Cape Cod is another place that's getting washed away by climate change. But apparently, we all live on golf courses, so you know, fuck us, right? Right, exactly. I didn't know that. Fuck I didn't know I grew up on a golf course, Sarah. but yeah, there was a golf team at my school, though. That's a long story. Oh, well, <laughs> same, same here. No worries. But anyway, so you were going to read us a quote. Yes, let me read a, a quote just to kind of, I mean, just to kind of get this, you know, get us all situated, get your, you know, take take that glass of tea, sit by your fire, allow me to tell you a tale. Um, we, there's a lot of statistics. It, yeah, absolutely. So this comes from Naomi Klein writing for The Intercept. Uh, the title of the article is Capitalism Killed Our Climate Momentum, Not Quote Human Nature. And it's in response to an article that was, um, or not just an article, but an entire, uh, uh, the New York Times Magazine dedicated its entire issue a couple months ago to the issue of climate change. And basically the, the theme of it was like 30 years ago, we could have saved the earth, but oh, what was human nature? We, we couldn't be brought to save it. And it was our own downfall and it's all our fault. It's us, nobody else. It's just our fault. And uh, yeah, so this is her response to it. And I just kind of want to, Pop this little brain worm in everyone's ears before we get going. Okay. Yet we have to be clear that the lifeline we need is not something that has been tried before, or at least not like anything like the scale required. When the Times tweeted out its teaser for Rich's article about, quote, 
humankind's inability to address the climate change catastrophe. The excellent eco-justice wing of the Democratic Socialists of America quickly offered this correction, quote, capitalism. If they were serious about investigating what's so wrong, this would be about, quote, capitalism's inability to address the climate change catastrophe. Beyond capitalism, humankind is is capable of organizing societies to thrive within ecological limits. Their point is a good one, if incomplete. There is nothing essential about humans living under capitalism. We humans are capable of organizing ourselves into all kinds of different social orders, including societies with much longer time horizons and far more respect for natural life support systems. Indeed, humans have lived that way for the vast majority of our history, and many indigenous cultures keep Earth-centered cosmologies alive to this day. Capitalism is a tiny blip in the collective story of our species. So... The reason I bring that up on like an occult podcast is because I think that our imaginations, both within the occult kind of world and outside of it, are incredibly limited when they really can't be or shouldn't be. And it's weird to me that our, our horizons are so limited in a space where we're supposed to be like talking to like ancient gods and spirits from beyond and all this stuff. And it's like, well, why can't we seem to fix our relationship with the natural world, you know? Right, exactly, and it's also like there's. I I have so many feelings about that particular quote. I think I'll address the one that I was just going to mention later, but um, what I what I wanted to talk about was more of the the vision uh, for the future that is lacking in our current talks about climate justice and our current talks about politics, because there seems to be this overarching mood of i can't wait for the meteor to hit the earth and holy shit there's a, the the orange diamond of capitalism is 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 being glorified in the white house right now and blah 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 blah, blah. insert mm-hmm. uh cheeto and toad puns here right well there's kind of overwhelming sense of despair in that particular climate narrative where there should be a solution-oriented goals and thinking with right so and that kind of colors the rest of our culture too. I mean, you see it in a lot of the uh, of the media that we consume. It's not just a political issue; it's a cultural issue a- as a whole. I mean, recently we had I think this may may have been a few seasons back, but we had the AMC's uh, fifth se- fifth season premiere. So yeah, a couple seasons back, fifth season premiere of The Walking Dead surpassed Monday Night Football as the um, leading. Uh, program of the night right which is unheard of monday night football is always the uh the leading program of the week right so instead of the time-honored tradition of watching people beat the shit out of each other and chase the ball around that we've had for decades in this country you now have more people who are watching a narrative about um well about uh the nihilism and fascism of post-apocalyptic uh culture but then you, but then you, uh, you also have like all of the cultural implications of that particular show uh, on display as well, too, right? Where um, the zombies that they're fighting are like a metaphor for like the hollowed out meaninglessness of life in postmodern late stage capitalism, right? You have the the themes of nature retaking its its rightful place as uh, the, the kind of the supreme force of, of the world and of the land right um, yeah and I just find that really interesting and I find that that dovetails perfectly with what our issues are in activist narratives and as it, when it comes to building a coalition with a 
guided purpose rather than a reactive um let's try to patch up all the holes in the hull of the ship that's sinking do you know what i mean does that make sense yeah well yeah and i think that that's kind of what i'm saying with like or that's where i want to kind of go with when we talk about the current limited imagination of like the occult when it comes to deal with this i think it's not the magical community's fault or anything Mm -hmm. like that i think it's like it's it's a greater cultural thing where we have existed under this economic system for so long that it feels like it's the only one possible. Sure. So even when we see that there are problems with it or see that there are problems in the world, a lot of times the prescriptions that we give are just mirroring the same world that we exist in. So it's like, oh, there's a problem. Okay, give money to a foundation. Okay, yeah. buy this product. Okay, um, tweet this thing. Uh, you know, do and it's like these things can be good. I'm not saying like you shouldn't donate money to organizations that need it. I'm definitely not saying that. You know, people need money to to survive and stuff. But like, I think sure. instead of looking at those as like tiny steps that can help us out in the meantime, we're not looking at any sort of larger narrative of I'm sorry, but if you're if you're an occultist and you're practicing magic that has anything to do with like the seasons or the earth or the environment. And you're not reckoning with the fact that these are all coming unhinged right now and are all being ripped out from underneath us. Like, you're not really doing shit. I know that might be kind of controversial, but I think that, like, I mean, shit's really dark out there. I don't think people are really it's it's a frustration that you get time and time again being an activist, like with any sort of climate justice issue is that I don't think people really understand sometimes the gravity of where things are headed. Mm-hmm. And when they do understand it, either like People are like, well, that can't actually be possible or it gets, you know, they retreat from the fear into the peace and safety of a new dark age, you know? Or, yeah, but or it's in, into like, the peace and safety of despair or into the peace and safety of, uh, and I, I've been saying this for a while, but like, I think we're, we're like kind of as a culture addicted to gradualism because it requires, it doesn't require us to change anything um, or it requires, it requires us to change very little. It requires us to like, volunteer for fucking two hours a week somewhere or like you said throw money at the problem and we and it's kind of like touches on a subject that we were covering in our previous podcast where we're talking about um this habit that we see even in the occult of people especially people just starting out in a proper practice of thinking that they need to buy things in order to facilitate a certain experience right i think that is also kind of replete in our activism as well. And that kind of shows like the, the, you know, the hidden face of capitalism underlying even our most, our, our most personal experiences within and outside of ourselves, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's, it's like what we were saying with the Sephora witch box that it's like, it's speaking, like the fact that people want to buy something like this or that corporations think that people want to buy something like this it can actually be a signal that there's good stuff out there because it signals that somewhere in the culture people are longing for, you know, a change of some sort or they're longing for a connection of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I think in the, the like I think a lot of people come to magic or come to witchcraft or the occult or things like that and they want to, you know, they get really drawn to the idea of like, oh, I want to live by the moon. I want to have this connection to the stars. I want to you know, I want to yeah. work with these herbs. I want to do stuff like that. And like, that's awesome. That's fucking great. And, and I'm really and, and happy that that is. we love to have you, like seriously. And like, we're like, so happy like, you're here. Hang, but hang, I'm, af- yeah. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that it becomes like an aesthetic 
thing very quickly because yeah. it's way easier to have the aesthetics of like a hippie earth worshiping uh witch out in your like you know cottage somewhere than it is to actually reckon with the fact that like the growing seasons are thrown off like the the seasons are being thrown off it's it's a lot harder to actually reckon with those truths and it's and it's unfair in some ways right because i mean it's not people's fault that they're getting to this at a late stage in this current economy where you know even a hundred or two hundred years ago you wouldn't have had to ask these questions right so it's not people's fault necessarily that they're coming to this at a time where like only very recently have we had to contend with these questions in the like the occult community you know right or it's or we may have also been in a bit of denial about it as well. And, and not necessarily denial, but also, like, lack of knowing. I mean, we, we've come to these conclusions, scientifically speaking, very recently. You know what I mean? So, like, it's it's a – and I'm saying very recently in the last, like, uh, 50, 60, 70 maybe years, right, of, of, of monitoring, you know, CO2 levels and monitoring the effect of uh, um, anthropogenic climate change um, on, on global systems, right? But mm-hmm. um, I, and it's also, too, it's just like a, a common rebuttal you hear uh, with, with, uh, with climate change denialism is that, like, well, the, the Earth's climate's change, you know, repeatedly over centuries and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, sure, absolutely. But, like, this is being massively exacerbated. And we don't know what's going to happen with, with when we have already changing climates and a planet that's already in flux, um, nature that's already in flux, um, species mm-hmm. that move, you know what I mean, um, that have agency that go places, uh, aliens, alien species, you have kuzu choking out trees and, um, you know, in, in the Midwestern United States. It's just like, well, yeah – part of that is supposed to happen but like what happens when you also have um a polluted river in that particular ecosystem choking out those trees as well you know what i mean Mm -hmm. then then nothing lives so i I really want to get away from the question of like well how do we know what's causing it because we we know we do know and um regardless of whatever natural processes are taking place i'm not interested in fucking debating with these people i'm really not yeah no, I'm not interested in debating like what climate change is or but I mean I do think it I do think that we do have to be honest like about what's causing it is not human nature. It is our economic system yeah. and I think that we do I th- I do think that like when it comes to the magical community or like people who claim to have or claim to want an intimate spiritual connection with the earth. I think that that is like exactly what we need right now. But I think have doing that requires a certain level of honesty if you are connecting with the spirit of that river that river isn't necessarily happy right now okay it's not the same river that it was 20 years ago or even 30 years ago right like there's things have happened to it and things have been you know done to it and i think it's and it's also about like making Kind of going back to what we were saying in like the Sephora witch episode, I think looking at this problem is not a the thing. The thing about climate change is that people want you to be fighting it in a completely alienated fashion, because again, that's how this problem can get perpetuated. Because you know what, like you as an individual recycling is actually not going to make any difference. Right. Exactly. You you with a group of people recycling that might make a bit of a difference. You with a big group of people organizing to make those companies actually not produce that waste anymore 
that's going to make a much bigger difference than any of those other two things. Right. So it's it's I think not about like like individual actions can be good, but they can also assuage guilt or assuage the 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 need to go farther. So like instead of like, oh, well, you know what? I thanked the earth this morning in my prayers. Therefore, I don't have to worry about my other actions. And it's like, I don't know if you're going to actually thank the earth. You should also be doing something about what's being done to the earth. You know, it's it's. It's a you can't just stop at the easy part, you know. Yeah, and I don't even think you can just stop. I mean, we are, I mean, we are cultists, so like, I, I don't think we can even stop at the economics and and labor issues of it. I think we, I think we also need to dig deeper in culturally and psychologically to find out what sort of um, head parasites are keeping us from being and living in the living with the world in a way that not not that we don't have that gift, but we, what we process uh, you know, what the uh, Australian Aborigines called sorry business where we process that trauma that we've we've done to the earth that we've done to um, uh, folks living on traditional lands um, via our wasteful practices and our um, earth denial um, practices right and how can we get out of that like Cartesian Victorian materialist head trauma that's uh, the, the underlying cause of a lot of our uh, justifications for capitalism and justifications for like Western supremacy, white supremacy, what have you, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, and I, I, I'm thinking of like, uh, you know, the white man's burden and I'm thinking of like, um, uh, 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 tell us about your act- burdens, Owen. Say again? What, bur- what burdens do you carry? I'm joking. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, I'm carrying my burden. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> I, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get more traction in, in the uh, in the uh, commercial acting business. Yeah, well, you know, but like you know, sometimes um, I think the hardest thing it can be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, but uh, it's also this. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking of uh, Western folks doing a- uh, expeditions to traditional lands, and not only like eventually massacring most of the people who live on them but also like just this opinion that like living with the earth is this childish primitive thing to do because we have uh, glorified reason we have enshrined our ability to uh, string together things in a quote-unquote coherent sense that makes sense to our lizard brain and therefore we can justify all of the horrible practices uh, in in confluence with our progress narrative right and I think that once we do away with that underlying materialism and that underlying narrative of like growth, 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 progress, 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 productivity, 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 is when we're really going to start to make the change that we may end up, I guess not even like ending climate change, because I don't know if that's necessarily a thing that we can do, but getting to the point where we can live with that rather than um, contributing to uh, that kind of runaway wheel of the seasons that we were talking about earlier. Does that make sense? So it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily just voting with your dollars or whatever the fuck. Like you need to dig deep and figure out in what ways am I helping and what ways am I hurting? Um, What can I do to unhinder myself uh, in order to process the ways that I'm hurting and transform them and transmute those into ways that are helping? 
yeah no I, t- I totally agree and I think it's like a process of like you said kind of like processing the trauma that we have done to the earth and to the people on the earth and also to like ourselves through doing that process right I think that there's a tendency in the occult that when this issue comes up it's just to be like well indigenous people seem to have a good idea let's just take all their ideas and make them ours or like let's just incorporate these back into our sort of thing and i I think that we should definitely be listening to indigenous leaders a whole fucking lot more because i think indigenous communities and indigenous leaders kind of are the ones that have their finger on the pulse of this problem a lot better than like Mm -hmm. the west as a whole for the most part has and I think that their uh, kind of cosmologies and views on this are, are ones that we need to listen to if we're to get ourselves out of personally. I think they should be the most prominent voices in this. But I think that we have to be really careful about like what is le- there is a dif- there is a difference between like learning from and accepting the teachings and philosophies and requests of a group of people and take just wholesale taking those ideas and being like, oh, this is our idea now, right? Because right. then it just ends up at the end of the day being like white people leading the fight again. And I think that when I was at Standing Rock, there was a time there that I was invited to participate in like ceremonies there with indigenous leaders that invited me to do this, right? And like invited the, all the people at the camp to like do these things and like invited especially white people to like think and consider the ways that we are especially to blame or especially to like, I'm trying to think of a better word than blame, but like, like especially like, need to hold ourselves accountable in a certain way for like tragedies that have been inflicted on their people and such. But I think it's like, uh, so I can go or people can go and they can learn these things and they should, they should allow these philosophies to kind of like enter them and change them. But I'm not about to go back and like teach people those same ceremonies. Right. I'm not about to go back and like, I'm about to, I'm going to come back and like express some of those ideas and give credit where those ideas are from. But I think that that's the line that people have to be wary about walking is that it's like, I'm not saying that those are my ideas. I'm saying like, I got these ideas from these people who have been fighting this fight a lot longer. And that's why their ideas are a whole lot fucking better, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think, I think it behooves us to learn from, it's going to sound kind of like uh, grim, but I think it behooves us to learn from our victims, you know? Um, and they have mm. been the biggest probably the biggest victims of not only capitalism but also again that like western materialist that well specifically like northwestern european materialist mindfuck you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. and like again that whole designating um designating their entire way of life as like childish or not like enlightened or or um mature when arguably like we don't even have uh rites of passage for like maturity into adulthood most western cultures don't um, wait, what's well, we've got, you know, going to work at the McDonald's. That's a, that's basically the, the America's rite of passage ceremony. Oh, so oh, there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. checkmate. Check fucking mate, my dude. Yeah, yeah, you got me. Shit. Well, yeah, I, I was I was going to think Coachella as well. But, you know, you, you, you have <laughs> yeah, to... Coachella is our rite of passage for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what you're saying. What do you mean? I, well, I mean, like you have to, you have to, you're undermining like, your whole argument. You, you have to do shady Molly at Coachella and you have to pretend that, you know, uh, the band that you're seeing when you've never heard them before and you don't really like them much. That, that, that's the, how you become a millennial. The first time you do Coke in a bathroom at a show is when you have become a man, my son. <laughs> uh, then I, I am not yet a man. <laughs> <laughs> well god damn it what are we doing this podcast with for I'm not, I'm not about to go podcast with a child not yet a man. 
<laughs> I mean, that could also be its own. We should probably have an episode like totally dedicated to like that all on its own. But I think that, yeah, like I think I'm not even providing a necessarily like a solution with this episode. I'm not saying that there's a thing that I want to tell people to get out there like, oh, go do this practice or like, oh, go uh you know believe this thing or believe this ideology i'm just saying like we is we have to get real you know we have to actually like look at what the fuck we're doing because i think that right now a lot of our quote-unquote connection to the earth in a lot of corners of this world is like just an aesthetic choice and a lot of times it's an aesthetic choice that takes from indigenous people and it's like no, this is getting it all wrong in every way, in every way, shape, and form. Sure, and and people like to talk about a connection. And I mean, it, this thought just occurred to me. Most people are so out of touch, my, myself included, are so out of touch with their body as like a sensing organ that they don't even know what a fucking connection to something is in like a quote-unquote spiritual sense, right? So it's like they, they could just associate having a deep feeling of calm because hey they're in a fucking forest and not in a mm-hmm. in a, uh, an overly air-conditioned open format co-work space somewhere in the south bay like you know freezing <laughs> their ass off but also it being 90 degrees outside and their boss is yelling at them and their cell phone is pinging over and over and over again and they're worried about um whether or not they're going to make their car payment and how many like things they have to fucking yeah so you know what like as far as like a connection goes i don't even think we i think we have to talk about like what the fuck that even means before we can even talk about like how to establish something and the weird thing is is that's going to be different for each people's each person's uh, fucking sensing organ you know and it's going to be different for wherever that place that person's at maybe that person doesn't like that place that they're particularly um inhabiting you know what i mean i mean like that's kind of the thing listeners is like we can't tell you how to have a connection with the earth like we we can't do that because i don't know where you're listening to this from you know like i'm i'm recording this in a basement in bushwick owen is over there in hollyweird <laughs> culver city get it's it not hollywood okay it's hollyweird that's what i call it because it's so uh, weird it's over like, there get it's it it's funny because it's a joke like, i just made hollywood, up but like you, you put weird in there because you, but it's, it's like it's weird. A weird place or that people there yeah, you get weird. it and i think that is humorous you get it yeah but like i mean i like i grew up i think kind of with a like i grew up on in on the cape and out where i was there was kind you know you did have a much uh more immediate connection to the land because you know you're out there in the middle of the ocean so tides are a big part of life i mean i remember there was a girl in my elementary school class who had to bring a moon chart to the teacher at the beginning of every month because she lived on an island that the uh road to would flood during the full or the new moon so the teacher had to be aware of like when there would be a full moon like in the morning or the afternoon so like she would know if she was going to be late to class or not you know i mean that's a thing that like people really were very materially impacted by the 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 land around them you know it was a big like oyster there's a big like oyster uh farming you know market and and industry there so like that's all dictated by the oceans and the tides and the moon and stuff like that people feel that connection but you're also not there wasn't any sort of like I mean, it was pretty it was a kind of hippie town. Like, there's a reason I am who I am. But it wasn't like it wasn't like Shadow over Innsmouth where we're all like in the cult of Dagon and we're like going and worshiping some, you know, ancient god of the sea or something like that. Like, you know, that's not if you don't connect those that 
material uh, experience to a philosophy of some sort, you're missing out almost as much as if you have a philosophy and you don't connect that to a material circumstance. So like, I don't know where you're listening to this from. You could be living in a really big city. You could be out in the middle of the desert. But wherever you are, that's going to determine what your connection to your environment looks like. And like if you're listening to this in a city and you think there's no way I can get involved in environmental issues or there's no way for me to connect to the environment when I'm in the city. Cities are actually probably the biggest place where you can get involved because they're the places that use the most energy and have the most energy in them. So like that's those are actually ground zero for for making a difference on these matters, you know. Sure, absolutely. And the fact that I'm, I'm going to echo that uh, it's most people live in, we live in a time where most of the population of the world lives in cities now. It's, it's outpaced um, the population living in, quote unquote, rural areas, especially as um, agriculture has become uh, more industrialized. We don't necessarily have folks who are living in, um, in, in, in those rural places for a agricultural purpose. Um, on the other hand, as far as being able to connect with cities based on the fact that there's a lot of energy exchange occurring, which I you know, agree with living in one as well, um, as far as establishing a connection to place, it is much easier to do that in places that are, that are isolated, even if you have to go outside your city for that. Um, I mean, think of the last time you were in a place, you know, if you do live in a city and you're listening to this, um, think of a time last time that you were at a place where there wasn't a road more than a mile away from you you know what i mean like it's uh, that that kind of shit does affect you i mean aside from the fact that um people who live in cities tend to you know eat a lot more processed food they tend to uh, get a lot less sun they tend to uh be bathed in a lot more electromagnetic radiation that we don't really know what that does to people (laughs) you know so turns them into frogs is what i heard say again I said all that radiation turns them into frog people is what I heard. I That's heard, why I don't trust those big I city heard, folk. It, it not only it turns them into frogs, all half and, and, beast. Then, and then the frogs turn gay because the, of the stuff <laughs> in the water. And, 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 and in the Bible, it's, it says, in, and then Satan shall make gay frogs. It says it right in there. Um, I mean, no. to be fair... To be fair, New York City is mostly populated by gay frogs. So, and I and I love that. That's what I love about living here. Gotcha. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to live here. Um, I do want to wind it down a little bit before we we move on. I know that this episode might seem kind of like just a big old rant, but that's all I kind of think we wanted it to be. I think maybe we we can talk more actions later on in like future episodes. But for now, I think this is just kind of like maybe if you have an earth based practice. Something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe actually thinking about connecting to place instead of, you know, just uh, giving some money to the Sierra Club every once in a while or whatever the hell you do. Um, thank, <laughs> you know, thank the place you live in. Fucking take it offerings. Uh, I, LA's birthday was just this past, you know, like find out when those important dates are. Fucking mark them, you know. Uh, make yeah. it a part of your wheel of the year. Because there's plenty of things that you could do. Um, mm. Yeah. All right. So I kind of want to move on. We had a segment that we wanted to try out with you here um, called Forces We Fucked With, which is where we talk about what kind of magic we did or didn't do in our past week. Um, Owen, did you is there any magic you've been doing this past week Um, you want to talk about? Aside of the the magic of moving, 
Um, I don't. <laughs> not not anything. In, not anything in particular. Um, one thing. Isn't ma- moving the most magical thing though? I heard it was like the most stress-free, like peace of mind, like uh, just you know, transporting experience one can have. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, you just press a button, and your the chair that you're sitting in reclines, even if it's not a recliner. And then Macintosh pluses. Uh, I don't know what the fuck the song title actually is, but that song that everybody knows. By the starts playing from everywhere and nowhere, <laughs> and then all of a sudden your shit is magically in another place. It's great. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what absolutely. I thought. But okay, so other than the magic of moving, any magic? Um, I did do a Regulus um, uh, propitiation ritual. Uh, Regulus, for those who don't know, is a fixed star. Um, it has qualities very similar to the sun in planetary astrology. In that it grants uh, f- it grants favor to uh, favor to those seeking uh, f- the favor of high positions, uh, self confidence, gre- gregarity or gregariousness. I don't know. Is gregariousness is a word. I don't know if gregarity is a word, but um, I think gregarity I, is a word. Yeah, well, you know. So this is our grammar so podcast. Thank you for joining us. Something with Greg. Something with Greg, and it's a it's a, it's a fucking noun somehow. Um, I just want Greg to like me. Why won't he like me? Why won't he like me? But uh, Regulus moved from Leo into Virgo. Sorry, Sarah. Uh, a couple weeks ago, about two weeks ago, and it was conjunct the sun on a Sunday, right? I forget Ooh. If it was on Sunday or not. Uh, I forget. If, I forget if it was on a Sunday to be wholeheartedly honest, but. Uh, <laughs> It was it was conjunct the sun and and then it was also at uh, at conjunct midheaven as well and there was a specific time and date shout out to Caitlin Kopic of Spear and Sundry for uh, for giving me a good date on the west coast to do that or a good date and time rather on the west coast to do that and uh, yeah it it's just something I kind of threw together um, it wasn't something that I had planned to do I just went to my local occult shop shout out Pan Pipes in Hollywood um, and uh, isn't that owned by the chick from the craft Pan Pipes. Yeah, isn't that owned by the chick who played Nancy in The Craft? I, I don't know. I'm not I, the, the only the only person I know at Panpipes is Vicky, who's like the, I think is the sole proprietor. Shouts out Vicky, she's great. Um, she actually made me a really great Regulus oil during the ritual. So I went and did my stuff, and she went and and, and made an oil at that particular time. And uh, I actually have it in my pocket right now. It, it is great. It definitely oh, that's increases, awesome. Definitely increases like feelings of like self confidence. And a uh, and it kind of drowns out like the anxious noises in my head. And I've actually been having some really good, uh, making some really good career moves in the last two weeks. Uh, and awesome, feeling dude! Some good re- momentum. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of it um, as far as okay. that goes. How about yourself? What have you been doing? What forces have I been fucking with? Um, I have been like so. I've been so goddamn busy. I really haven't had as much time as I would like to fuck with forces from beyond um i did i mean like i was part of a of an action and a protest that i helped organize along with a bunch of other uh, activists here in new york called the rise march it was part of like a series of like global actions that were taking place and i helped out with uh, i helped organize the direct action that was happening the next day and i kind of felt like that i kind of went into that with like a certain level of like intent and offering going into that so I, I kind of felt like that was a, ma- a magical act in a lot of ways that I was kind of before going in kind of made an offering to like spirit guides that I work with and kind of like asked for I was like you know I'm doing this for you and I'm I'm uh you know if I speak I do so in your your name that kind of stuff so that was kind of the I kind of 
not a I guess it's not anything too fancy, but that was I I kind of that was my intent of the week, I suppose. Gotcha. Well, well, that's cool. I mean, obviously, anything can be a magical act um, if you do it yeah. with that particular intent. And humans are fucking spirit beings and blah, blah, blah. I mean, stuff that our, our more seasoned occult listeners will already know. But um, for those of you who are new to the occult, um, if you, in, if you uh, set an intent with an act, if you um, have particularly spirits that you work with or any sort of thing that you feel called to that you, f- that you think you can ask for help in a specific way, you can make any act a magical act, really. Um, and, and, yeah, and you can for build sure. a relationship with a spirit by doing a specific act too. Um, th- that 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 relationship can and should go both ways. It's a co-creating uh, mechanism. So, well, that's really cool. Uh, so, so as far as the protests went, uh, you know, I know you were involved with the um, with the with the Cuomo uh, uh, action. Yeah, we yeah. were calling specifically on Cuomo that day, but like in kind of doing an action outside of his office, which he was he was in that. At the same time, he was riding FDR's Packard across a bridge, which he has he's ridden in FDR's Packard the exact same amount of times he has ridden the New York subway. So that's just like a fun fact that's not connected to like anything substantial no, at all. Not connected to anything. All right. No. Well, did you um, encounter any cryptids this week, Sarah? Did you I, run into you know any shadowy I figures in any uh, in any quarters of your mind? Mm. I didn't, and I'm I'm really mad. I, you know, it's starting. The autumn weather is starting to creep in right now, so I'm on like ghost story kick. I just like, I don't know. When it gets cold out, I'm like, ooh, find me the scariest fucking ghost story or the scariest like encounter story you can get, and just like, I don't know, fuck me up with that shit. So I've been I've been listening to a lot of like tr- or trying to find a lot of true ghost story podcasts right now. So like listeners, if you know any any real ghost story podcasts, like please let me know because I am very much on the hunt for that. Yeah, same um, here. I'm like a I'm like a horror junkie and I feel like I keep like a true junkie, I feel like it takes me more and more to get that high each and every time. So <laughs> the scarier the better, for sure. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I did not c- encounter any any big feats or any Mothmen or any ghosties or, or any any moth women. But hey, or any not not any uh, gender not moth, moth moth people. Moth people. Um, it is pretty. It is pretty incredible that we call Mothman a Mothman. Like, yeah, how do we know he's a man? Or also, like, if they I mean, had, they, why why would they have any sort of uh, why would why would moth beings have any sort of gender conception? Um, that yeah, for have, fucking real, right? Fucking bullshit, yeah. yeah. I yeah, um Mothman is one of my favorite cryptids, so I mean I don't actually want to see him because that pretends doom. But uh, you know. Yeah. If yeah. you've seen Mothman, I'd love to hear about it and we, what doom it portold in your life. <laughs> and, and also, um, uh, you know, p- please please keep a a, a a fair physical distance between uh me either me or Sarah when you tell us about your Mothman experience because uh, you know, that shit rubs off. <laughs> Yeah. Yo, if we if we get enough listeners telling us about cryptids that they've encountered, we should totally start like a cryptid corner where we just like read listener mail and talk about spooky shit they've seen. Or 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 just have people on, man. Or just have people on to talk about the spooky shit they've seen. I'm that'd be great. One hundred percent down with that. See, and you guys are hearing our brainstorm sessions. That's how intimate we are that's how so real this are. is yeah this is real. this is fucking real this is real uh bro. yeah so if, if you guys have spooky if you guys have spooky stories of cryptids or ghosts you've encountered please send them to us and let yeah. us know and if, and if um, you've got any magic that you've done any forces that you've fucked with feel free to uh 
to, to flip us some of your stories. We'd love to, you know, start that conversation with you. Yeah, our Gmail. So this is, I guess, I guess the beginning of the plug. But yeah, our Gmail is uh, Pop Cult Podcast, spelled like our name, uh, at gmail.com. So pop send cult, us your cryptid stories if you got them. Pop Cult with a V. Pop Cult, pop cult with a V podcast at gmail.com. And I just want to also thank our uh, hairy, mysterious, uh, cloaked producer, Zach, who we found on a faithful day in a forest not too far from here. Yes. Uh, Yes. Just thank you for he, all you do for us. He rose out of a forest glen and uh, and levitated over the waters and spoke unto us uh, uh, secret gospels from the uh, said from go the forth angels. and make thee a podcast. Go forth and yea, it was good. <laughs> and and th- and we said that it was good and it was magically good for we are occultists and it was good. Magic. So thank you, producer Zach. Um, all right, and thank you all for listening, uh, and see you next week. See you next week. Ciao. All right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. My name is Sarah Lyons. You can find me on Instagram at City Mystic. I'm Owen Ginley, G-I-N-L-E-Y. And my Instagram handle is my last name underscore my first name. So that's G-I-N-L-E-Y underscore O-W-E-N. Our theme song was done by Vanessa Irina of Knife Sex. You can find her on Instagram at Knife Sex. And our logo was done by The Sigilist. You can find them on Instagram at The Sigilist.